بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على خير خلق رب العالمين سيدنا وعظيمنا وحبيب قلوبنا وشفيع ذنوبنا وطبيب نفوسنا القاسم محمد وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين وأصحابه الغر الميامين Dear brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh to episode 3 of Tafakkur Podcast where we discuss the challenges facing Muslim youth in the West. I'm joined once more by my beloved co-hosts, my dear brother Sheikh Mustafa Akhun, my dear brother Sheikh One Day. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe. maybe. Today we'll call you Dr. Ali Naqifa. InshaAllah, one day. InshaAllah, inshaAllah. How are you brothers doing? Alhamdulillah, assalamu alaikum to both of you. Assalamu alaikum to both of you. Anybody do any uh, shoveling this weekend? How, how, how tired are we? Cold. Okay. Well, that's a no for you. You yeah. didn't do any shoveling. Luck- mm-hmm. Luckily, you know, the, the snow plows came through. Alhamdulillah, you have, uh, you have an army. Son, alhamdulillah. And also a neighbor helped, so. Mashallah. We're going to give you all the credit, Jawad. Inshallah. Welcome, dear viewers. Uh, today we will uh, be discussing our third uh, discussion on the topic of marriage. Last episode, we discussed timing, optimal timing around marriage. We discussed that in terms of age. We discussed it in terms of um, uh, mental, emotional, spiritual, intellectual uh, capacity. And then we also talked about a little bit of material readiness, how much that is important or lack thereof. Today we'll discuss, of let's say, logistics of marriage, the process of getting married in maybe three different phases, inshallah, the process of getting to know somebody, courtship, the process of proposing. Once you know that someone, how do you go about making a formal proposal that is appropriate and finally ceremonies we'll talk about you know what's islamic what's cultural these days and uh if inshallah we have extra time maybe we'll expound further on what is next after marriage but first let's talk about step number one we've already talked about intentions purpose uh we've talked about how do you know when you're ready materially and from a temporal standpoint um now we talk about logistics getting to know somebody we're in the West, obviously. We're discussing youth in the West. There's so many different uh, new ways to meeting a significant other today. Um, but first, maybe we could talk about preparing, being ready, staying ready for meeting someone. Um, and maybe in terms of uh, knowledge, maybe in terms of um, hygiene, health, all these things. Uh, Sheikh, can we talk about, and from an Islamic perspective, how can one stay ready prepare and stay ready for before we get into how to meet somebody um from an islamic perspective how can we stay ready to become responsible spouses inshallah bismillah ar-rahman ar-rahim i think when a lot of the youth uh, they come to me and they ask me about uh, wanting to find uh, a potential spouse i tell them first and foremost is dua well, a very important for us to keep in mind that dua, as the hadith says, mukhul ibadah, is the brain of all sort of supplications. So asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for a good spouse is very important. And we should always ask. And we should ask a spouse, our spouse should be the one who uh, complete our deen, the other half, and also will be able to help us and us helping them to get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and satisfying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Ahlul Bayt so very important to keep in mind dua. And as far as uh, one's knowledge, one has to start reading about marriage way before getting married. 
uh, about wife and husband relationship, about uh, what to look for in the other partner. Unfortunately, due to the lack of knowledge and being influenced by social media and our relatives and cousins and uh, uh, environment that we are in, sometimes, and unfortunately, majority of times, we forget uh, the characteristics that we should look in our future spouse. Our mind is completely shifted. So reading books, listening to lectures, and reading Quran, and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings our attention back again, okay, that your future spouse should have these characteristics, should be someone again that should help you get closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and vice versa. So these are some preliminaries and letting know the parents know uh, that, uh, well, they think I'm ready or you start looking. It's funny when I tell people, for example, age 18, 19, and I start telling them, okay, time for you to get married or even sometimes 17, I tell them, okay, think. They said, no, Sheikh, we're not thinking about it right now. We'll think about it about to age 24, 25. When I'm ready, I'll start thinking. Start thinking. At that point, too late. Like thinking that girls are standing or boys standing by outside the door, then as soon Waiting as you start you. thinking, <laughs> you open the door, okay, you can pick and choose. The process takes time. It's not going to be easy. Uh, sometimes years it will take. You are actively and eagerly looking, uh, but it's going to take year, two, or three until you find the right poten uh, potential spouse. So I think during that time also I have to look after my health and hygiene and make sure I'm not overweight, make sure I eat good. I Same thing that whatever, this, whatever I'm expecting from my future spouse, I Sense must of. practice it right now. Eat what you're looking for almost. Exactly. Track to what you want. Definitely. So if I don't like someone who has this kind of characteristics, make sure I don't have this kind of characteristics. That'd be hypocritical. Definitely. Uh, if I want someone religious, how many people, I mean, brothers, they tell me, I look, I'm looking for someone as Fatima is Zahra. I tell them, well, you are not Imam Ali, alayhi salam. So don't expect that. Uh, if I want them good akhlaq, make sure I start practicing my good akhlaq myself. If I want them to be uh, on top of their prayers, make sure I'm on top of my prayers. Uh, food intake, whatever it is, social, social gathering, how they behave, whatever, it, everything. Uh, so, I think identifying it and writing it at this is my future spouse. I like them to have this kind of characteristics. Write them down. People might laugh at that, but there's a real power to really listing out what you're seeking, whether it's for work, writing down your checklist. Once you make it real and once you start to write it down you see it almost start to internalize it from there of course so you write it down right now from these 5 10 15 20 things that i'm looking at my future spouse how many of them do i have with myself ah. uh i don't have any of them and i'm looking for someone unfortunately a lot of people are trying to change based on external factors meaning that if this thing happens i'll change yeah, if I wish I, life worked that way. Yeah, for example, if I, um, I don't know, uh, let's see, let's go, come up with an example. Uh, when I, if my example, brother gets married, then I'll get married. Or no, for example, sister says, I'm, I wear, when I go to Hajj and I come back, I'll wear hijab. Uh, when I go to Karbala and I come back, for example, I pay my khums. Or Muharram, because of Muharram, I'm going to stop listening to music. So external factors to change their internal so, so, so. Uh, and behaviors. And being in the West, I feel like that's so uh, prevalent because there's so much more pressure in True. society here. True. School, work, 
any form of entertainment or even fitness. There's only, there's so much pressure to uh, adopt. I, I think there's like a culture around it too. Like, you know, typically people, when they make these commitments and stuff like that, they wait for a, like a certain time. Like, for instance, if you have like a personal project or like, for instance, if you want to lose weight, it'd be like, oh, like New Year's resolution. I'll wait till the new year to start this sure. project or something. Or like, okay, I didn't get it done. It's the weekend. I want to enjoy my weekend. I'll wait for Monday to come yes. and I'll start it. So then like, you know, with that culture here, it just gets embedded in, into everything then. And then it becomes so, like, I'll become religion or religious when, you know, I go hajj. Or by now, yeah. now. What's that equation that goes that uh, success is when... Planning meets opportunity. So if you want success in finding someone, your planning will eventually bring you to an opportunity and then shall it be or successful. The, or they're saying that like if uh, if you uh, fail to prepare, you're preparing to fail. There you go. Yeah. Nice. 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 Definitely. I sent them. So you have to prepare. So I think that checklist and not waiting for good timing like New Year's or for first of Ramadan, I'm going to change. No. Or even age, having like a specific age for it. True. Until age twenty, like like if, like the good person comes and you're just like, oh, I'm not I'm not twenty two yet. I was planning on getting married at twenty two, so because I want to yeah. start becoming better person yeah, at age twenty two. Yeah. Oh man, have so much faith that you're gonna see tomorrow. <laughs> you're gonna know. wake up tomorrow, I right? Know. I know. Um, okay, so let's let's assume that we are ready. We we made all the preparations. Um, we went through the checklist. We went through the checklist. Now we're how now I'm a, I'm a youth in the West. How do I seek? I mean, let's talk about social dating apps. They're very, very popular. Let's be real. Now there's Islamic dating apps. On the way here, um, actually, I had a brother in the car with me who told me that there's um, there's a sheikh um, somewhere in the Middle East who has just launched his own dating app. I his believe own? it's Mufti Mink. Um, I have not verified this information. However, this is a very uh, trusted brother. He told me that he launched his own day. So it's becoming real. I think there's there is a Minder. Application also. Yeah, there's a yeah, Shia dating app. So let's talk about, like, obviously there's pros and cons with, with dating apps. Maybe pivot to you, Ali, uh, as, as a youth. Uh, do you view these as toxic virtual platforms or could they have some... I mean, there's definitely pros and cons. Yeah, there's definitely pros and cons to everything. But I think with the pros is that, like, you will definitely be able to find some people who are serious about it. Because, definitely. like, serious. with these apps, you you have, like, a certain amount of the users that are actually committed to it and are using the app for what it's supposed to be used. And then you have, like, the other, you know, user base of the app that's using it for the completely opposite reasons or just... It's just like something for fun for them. Just like how social media is something that they use for fun to like pass time. They just want to meet people, talk to them, no intention of marriage and just like, you know, overall just have fun and waste their time kind yeah. of. So um, the pros is that if you use it correctly, I guess it could benefit you hugely. Um, and the cons, I guess, is that they're, they're not as, or there may not be as many like-minded people like you if you use it correctly. And with that, um, there was another thing um, Oh, actually, completely slipped my mind. Maybe it'll come back. It's okay. I think, I mean, I talked with one of the uh, organizers and founders of one of these Shia app. I asked them, okay, what is the starting age that you accept application? They said 25 plus. And they've been doing this for many years. And I tell them, what is the success rate? They said, we don't have anything yet. Very, 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 very low. And I think from hearing from different people who have been on this app, and uh, they have not found any success yet. Uh, I'm not saying it doesn't have success. Of course, it's going to have, but the percentage is very, very low, unfortunately. And it's, it's not a 
good proven concept that I think we should focus and basically direct all of our youth. Okay, this is the application. Everybody is right now poor. I did tell the founder of that application. I told them, well, I think it's because of age. You put a 25. Uh, when you get 25 and you get older, you're going to start having higher expectation. You've seen things, you've experienced things. So you start looking for and that. And it's like niche based, like it like connects Very. you to people who like you guys have similar interests, preferences, yes. you know. So it's like you're already limiting. Your... It can be a good thing, but like I feel like Sheikh can agree with me on this is like when you're getting married, there's a certain amount of open mindedness that you should have. Very true. And things that you sh- that you can be open minded about. Like Very true. you shouldn't limit your options already. I mean, Already, if you think about it, how many people or potential spouses are out there that are like, I guess you could say good men and like beneficial people to become that life partner for you? If you're adding like additional things like must be like a soccer fan, must know how to cook five course meals. <laughs> well, that's, yeah, well, I think one of the obvious cons is yeah. so it could be so superficial. But what if I'm looking for someone that wants to have kids in year one of marriage? That's a very specific thing. Which might be helpful in a in a, like a social dating app situation. That brings back to my argument from the first episode and second episode. The older we get, the more we become stuck in our ways or specific. We know what we specific, want. Specific, and also we become very stubborn. That okay, this is what I want, and we start becoming close minded, and we, I think, we become less risk taker. And something we didn't mention about that is like, I, partly you can say is like that's because like. I guess at that age, you don't have that much time left to live your life uh, like according to someone else's plans. Like if you're young, there will be instances where you're like you compromise with your spouse, right? If your spouse wants to do something one way and you had something else in mind, well, you can compromise. You can find a way. But when you're older, I mean, those glory years of your marriage that like in the beginning that you want to enjoy, let's just say like those years that you want to bring kids, right? That time frame is shortened. It does. So like you're ability or your willingness to change your plan for someone else becomes like, you know, because you don't have that much time. It's, it's not going to go according to plan for what you thought it was. So I think going back, uh, I don't have a proven concept concept yet, what work ex- ex- exactly. And as a community, what we can do for all of these people who are trying to get married. Yes. But one of the things that I have advocated always, Alhamdulillah, I've tried it in our center. It has worked a little bit in Imam Ali Center. It's for me as, as a leader of the community and a religious leader, I'm actively going after the boys and the girls. You're you listening to, to both sides. You want to get married. You yeah. want to get married. Your yeah. parents are okay with it. Okay, let's see how we can put them together. And typically, as soon as uh, two parties are good, yeah. office. The infamous arranged marriage. <laughs> uh. It is. I mean, they come to office. Okay, they see one another. They talk. They say, okay, right now, while I was present, and your parents know about it, uh, so it's just, uh, arranged, same time, you're choosing, so it's kind of a very mix of different... Yeah, no, arranged marriages could be beautiful. I mean, with That's consent, true. they could be really, really good, because usually it's uh, the arranger knows both parties. It's um, kind of like a wingman. Exactly, yeah. a wingman that knows yeah. you and has really good intentions. Yeah. Um, what you said, uh, uh, I was listening to a, a lecture by uh, Sayyid Hussain Khazwini, and he was... Curious to hear your take on this. And he was saying, like, a lot of our youth are now resorting to dating apps, possibly because maybe as leaders in the community, we're not facilitating enough programs of course dedicated to this. Of course we should. That's so, 
sometimes I can see some of the religious leader of the communities due to their age and due mm. to a lot of commitment that they have within the community, they might not set a priority and, and their priority. social ability. You know how social they are. With also, I mean, it's a lot of I mean, unfortunately, again, it's due to the gap between the religious leader as far as age is concerned and the youth. So that gap brings that kind That's of a understanding shame yeah. and like hayad. I don't want to connect. Yeah, Allah has point. blessed me to be a little bit. You're have definitely a, more approachable. Still have a little bit of youth left in me, so... Are you still young? Still got it. <laughs> I'll try to, when I different communities I go, I tell them, try to find one person, one individual, or two people, or three people who youth can relate to and they can communicate and they go actively look for these people. In addition that the girl or the boy is looking, for them also to look. So it needs someone that who cares. Yeah, it would be such a positive addition to a community. It's a role. It's, a, it's a real role in they the community. Should not be, they should have a very, very open heart. I mean, there have been recently, at least unfortunately, in this past year, uh, the, the more I'm receiving uh, rejection from the parents of boys or the girls that know right now they're still young, let them finish education or no, no. Sometimes when I go home, I tell my wife, I'm kind of want to give up. Just forget about them. They don't want to do it anymore. Khalas. They don't want to do it. Like, why should I boil my blood for someone who doesn't care about themselves? I mean, it's not. I always tell when when I tell the boys, get married. They say, no, Sheikh. I tell them, Habibi, I'm already married. I'm telling it for you, for your own benefit. There is no benefit or whatever in it for me if you get married. I'm trying to protect you. I'm trying to have you uh, start new chapter in your life sooner and see life from different angle and perspective. Do you think that's a consequence of growing up in the West, resenting marriage? Because I think we parents. See it. I think I it's think parents. parents. Yeah, par- parents definitely play like a big role in it because like at the end of the day, like the... In terms of like parents that are not encouraging it or parents that had bad marital relations that... No, right now I have both. It can be. I now have two cases identical. Uh, two boys came to me, they approached me for two different girls and... I went to uh, both of the their fathers, different timing. It's like about six months apart story. Both of the fathers, they said, uh, we will not even open, and their daughters are 19 right now. We will not open the ideas to our girl because we don't want her to start thinking about anything except education. School. They have to finish school. And when it's 24, she has come back to us. Is that a fear because the, the, the fathers or parents have because they... Maybe there's this um, fear that the husband will not allow his education. wife to continue her education. That can, that can be. be and also they culture. want them to be cultured. They want them to become independent, mm-hmm. start working and be their own. And they're right now think about marriage. So I, mean, I don't see any. The whole thing is unfortunately, according to Dean and Sharia, has a lot of mistakes and flaws into it. So parents have told me, don't even approach our daughter. Uh, with this idea at all so okay no, I, th- I think they like the idea of like self-sufficientness because like let's just say if she does get married and something goes wrong between the couple right i was just gonna go there the self-sufficientness is like especially in the west yeah plan b you know yeah i've seen so i i've known uh like uh some uh a divorced uh sister that um couldn't get her degree not for the same reason for a different reason but ended up getting divorced and she was in trouble because she didn't have family here and not getting that degree and having that ability to earn an income really hurt the marriage. So I feel like sometimes we need to consider that there might be a divorce in the picture where she needs that um, ability to earn an income 
if she's in a situation where she doesn't have family that can take care of her, there's no stipend she can get from the local government or even maybe the local mosque. Um, so I understand both sides of the story where you don't want to delay it, where you could there's an opportunity cost of delaying, but you also want to make sure that you're taking care of yourself because it happens. It happens where divorce will sometimes lead to someone being financially dependent. Of course, this is a reality we're facing. Yeah. But at the same time, I'll see, I mean, we can see from the another perspective that when a woman is becoming independent, I always have said, uh, there are issues between marital couples always. Of course. Uh, there is no married couples that they say, okay, every day it's like a happy... That would be a problem. There always, that would be a major so, problem. So every day there is some kind of issue. I have seen it, unfortunately, some of the divorces, actually the majority of the divorces that I have done, I can see and have I've heard it that, okay, the woman says, okay, uh, I make my own money and I'm independent. Why should I bear... Why do I need this dude? Why, yeah. why, do, I, why do I need him? So that independency, when the problem comes, it comes to existence. Okay, I don't need him anymore. I don't like him anymore. I can provide for myself. Probably married him for the wrong reasons. So from the beginning, I think... If we establish the foundation, there's a saying in Farsi, when you're building a wall, if you put the first block right, the ceiling will go to the heaven straight. But if you put them crooked, so if I put it from the beginning crooked, everything else will be crooked, no matter what I what I try to do. So if I get into marriage with right intention and I accept the, the one who has asked my hand as a girl, I'm singing if I'm a girl, they come to the ask my hand, I see their religiosity, and I see their akhlaq and morality and their willingness to provide in whatever they can do. Not, for example, I did have some cases that I talked with a sister. She said, uh, a boy came to me. She said, okay, he said, I'm interested in this girl. So, okay, let me talk with the parents. And I talked with the parents. They said, as soon as I told them, salam alaikum, they came to my office. I told them that I know this brother who is a religious. I know of him from young age when he was probably 10, 11 years old. Right now he's about 22, 23 and he's very religious. He has. He comes up from good family. He's working. He has good akhlaq. They put all of these aside. They didn't talk anything about. Does he have PhD? <laughs> I I was really upset. I was really 22? really angry. No, they were asking. Yeah, does no. he have PhD? Twenty two. That's what I I told him he doesn't. Is he pursuing to go PhD? I don't know. I don't know. They really love PhDs though. So. so I told him what ask. I called the father of the son of that boy. I told him, will he get his PhD? The father said, well, right now he's going to work so he can get some experience at work. And then slowly, slowly he might go for master's and then we'll see what's going to happen. Maybe PhD. They said, no, our daughter is going to get her PhD. He must have PhD. If not, uh, it didn't work through. Okay. It didn't go through. So we see, unfortunately, a lot of sisters right now, they want like, you know, they want a doctor husband or engineer husband or someone who has a title. Marrying for status, talked about they that. Episode one. So that's going completely wrong. So from the beginning, the foundation is established on sand. Of course, it's going to be very shaky. Yeah, a, a, a question that I had, though, is do you think that by women joining the workforce, that increases the rate? Yes. Possibly of divorce? Yes. The rate that's, of divorce. Yeah, yes. That, I think that's really controversial. We're going to need to do a study on that. Yes. But the, there's another formal channel that I've even seen here for like getting to know each other, which is matchmaking sessions. Mm -hmm. I've been to a few conferences um, in, in the DMV where there was... Morning matchmaking, uh, evening matchmaking. You didn't participate in matchmaking. I, alhamdulillah, uh, God has, has blessed <laughs> me uh, where I didn't need to participate. Alhamdulillah. Ali, have you 
participate? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, and yes. If you do, I have, have you heard participated of someone in the area. Or you know someone who has? Um, yeah, I've d- I definitely know people who have. Um, I'm assuming tried, that's a no for you. I just haven't because of scheduling issues. You know, the okay. days that it's, yeah, it's a very busy I guy. Have something else. What are people? What are people's? What's the feedback that you're hearing um, about these matchmaking sessions? Typically, it's good, but sometimes people mention like it could be a tad bit awkward because the the scene. I guess you can say it's it's held in like a large. Not that it's bad, but like it's a large public space. Everybody can see you talking to the opposite yeah. gender, yeah. and it's like and it goes back to what you were saying, Sheikh. Is, yeah. is if your leader is not. The, the generational gap between the person who's organizing and and the and the and the, and the young people is not close enough. It, I could see being very rigid and technical and awkward. Um, I did lecture at one of these uh, matchmaking conferences. Okay. Uh, six at the beginning ago. of oh, the session, six yeah, like at the, before the session starts, you give them a little bit of guidance. Oh, it was or? three days. Uh, okay. They asked me to come. I believe the second day they had some activities going on with. Blue color, lead color paper, you pick and choose. And they had oh, their own activities. So it's a three-day like day? matchmaking conference, not a conference where there's a matchmaking session. No, it was a session within a conference. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So I went there and I talked. You can see all of them. They were 27, 28 plus. Hmm. Nobody young? Nobody young. They're... I don't think they had, because again, their, their age requirement was 25 plus. What? What? Why? Why do you think they're doing age requirements? Because I think parents are becoming uh, like, okay, why you're putting eighteen plus? I don't want my eighteen plus to come into your this kind of sessions. And I, again, same as these two parents that I had, that both of them reject the idea completely from get go. So the organizers, I can see their point of view that okay, why should we put eighteen if the parents don't allow their well, kids to come to this session? With, with the ones going on in our area, like I know, like definitely, like those kind of age groups, like people who are in their like late twenties go. So then, like when people are younger, or if there are. Younger people who are interested in going, they kind of get like, I guess, kind of like demoralized because, like, the Western culture is like you typically you can marry like if you're a girl, you can marry someone who's older than you, but not that much older than you, right? Like, yeah. if you're like an 18 year old girl marrying someone who's 27, is kind of a, kind so of a when, stretch. But that's because of the Western culture. Of course, when I go to these kind of conferences, I see the devastation and these people being desperate to find someone at age late end of their 20s, beginning of 30s. I'll come and I tell the younger parents, okay. Your son and daughter, 18, 19, 20, this is a good prime time. Let them go. And so they won't be, because I'm seeing the end of the line that I have a lot of sisters age 29, 27, 26, 25. But but do you think it's beneficial when like the culture around it for young people with those sessions isn't really encouraged? Like for instance, you already have the parents who aren't letting their kids go, right? And then you have the group of kids, or I guess not kids, but the youth, Um that are not going because they're under the assumption that there's only going to be much older people. Like if I'm a guy, if I'm a guy, I'm 20 years old, right, and I go there, and there are only women there who are 25 plus. I have no chance. True. Yeah. Or this ma- is maybe maybe like a one percent, yeah. but like, like typically, you know, a woman wants to marry a man who's older. So then, like, what 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 about that instance? If they allow it and if they promote it. Mm. From you think it beginning. could change and it could be beneficial? Of course. So I told them, they, the same organizer were the ones who were also doing an application. I told them, put that application, 18 plus. I told them when they get to 25, 26, 27, they're kind of established in a way and they don't want to change for the other person. You see them coming from different, so they had they had people from different states coming. So the girl wants, because she's already started working and she's independent, she has her own life established in one state. And the other guy, the guy also, she he established in his own states or different country. Well, they don't want to change. They don't want to change. A mother comes to me. She said, he said, she said, my daughter is thirty-seven. She's a doctor in one of the Gulf country. She's well off. Oh, sure. uh, 
uh find me a she's, four, in, she's inviting a husband find me 40 42 years old that is willing, willing to, to move to the everything go to that country <laughs> because of marriage I was like, who's going to do it at age 42, typically? You'll find some guy. <laughs> well, until I haven't found it. The stay-at-home guy? There's a few you know, in, in Virginia. Then. Well, let me know, man. We can connect these people. Okay, this program can, inshallah, <laughs> hopefully be a good... <laughs> we can put two people together. Okay, so, okay. Let, okay. Uh, I have a proposition before we move on to the next one. What if we merge the two? Because I think you mentioned something real, like where uh, you've established an expectation that there's going to be a specific age group going yeah. there. I'm not going to go because of that. What if we incorporate the best of the dating apps with the best of the uh, supervised matchmaking sessions and um, and instead of the application, um, make it an application that, that allows you to maybe uh, set appointments at the matchmaking session with people that share your preference in terms of age, your preference in terms of um, what they want out of life, what their priorities are, how early they want to have kids. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Hey. I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah, no. See, I I think or you can go. Sure, no, go ahead. Okay. I was gonna say like I I agree with him. I think like kind of the root cause is like the cultural aspect, the root cause of uh, of like why it's not succeeding. And if you want to combine it, right, get the best of both worlds. Well, that problem is still kind of is still gonna kind of be there because I feel like the niche group of of youth that are like I'm not going because there's no one there for me. It's probably like the more open-minded youth, right? With the open-minded parents because they're, they're like, I want to go, but I just don't think people in my age range are there. But what if you have a way to find out if people in your age range are there? Well, like, let's just say we, we find a way to do that. Like we put like a, like a, we say like you'll be categorized by like maybe like a five-year age gap or something like that, right? Where like you can make a preference for your like meeting yeah, someone. You just put in, in your person, information. Right? Yeah. You look at whoever, whoever's there. Let's just, let's just say we do that, right? But see, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. see right now the era that we are living Talking about 18, 19, 20, 21 year old getting married is it's not common. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, it's not gonna work. So I'm saying that that niche group is like there's so few of them already, right? Let's just say that's like twenty five percent of the youth, right? You still have another big chunk of like, for example, maybe eighteen to twenty two, right? Uh, eighteen, twenty two year olds. 75% of them won't be attending in general because the parents aren't They're not even allowed. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I think that that's the biggest issue there is that we're encouraging you to start looking at 25. We're telling you once you're 25. very late. Yeah, I mean, I got married younger than 25, but I wish I got married even younger than I did. But then I think about it and I feel like, um, you know, well, actually maybe I was, you know, uh, at 24, I was a little bit more intellectually developed, I was a little bit more mature. But, but then I think, but exactly, if then I think now, 10 years back, you're maturing every few years of your life. In that case, so, 40 years old, you will be more mature. 50 exactly, years old, you will be more exactly. mature. So, so if anything, you mature faster with a partner. So it's like... 100% because the, the huge sacrifices yeah. have to be made. So I think um, if we can draw a conclusion to this part will be that, number one, parents, they really have to be involved. Number two, the boy and the girl, they have to stand up and say, okay, I need to get married. And this is a need that I have. Because from age 14, 15-ish, the boy has the urges and also has a lot of needs that needs to be met. Right. And same thing for the girls from age 11, 12, 13. So you keep delaying and And delaying. even just the desire, like like just seeing that like loving kind of relationship. Of course. Aside from sexual, you know. Everything. So it's like, all needs. There's all needs. So we've prepared. We've found someone, inshallah. In our community, you're actively asking around. Inshallah, exactly. I I love. Um, I don't know if you if you if you this was a proposition, but it kind of like formed into one in my head. But having a des designated role in every community, a, a matchmaking role, 
like the role that you're playing can have a few other brothers or a few other sisters playing actively playing that with good intention and open an open mind see i told i did a marriage count, uh, marriage seminar for almost nine couples uh about 10 weeks sessions i did for them i told them all of you right now you are nine couples you cross the bridge your dua effort whatever it is Right now, all of you, since you're within the community, all of you have cousins, friends, relatives. Right. Start thinking about it. Right. Not necessarily only the religious leader, not necessarily. Cousins. Exactly. Cousins, yeah. Not necessarily. The Aunties. Two, three people. No, everybody should start thinking about, I think, same thing that they say, it takes a village to raise a child. It takes a village to, to, for to two marry people, a child. To two people to come marry together. Marry a grown child. <laughs> <laughs> so people have to think about it that. I should not, okay, alhamdulillah, I got married, that's it. No, I should care about my brother, my sister, my friends that they're not married. Maybe my wife knows someone and then maybe yeah. my husband knows someone. So actively trying to help these it's, single people. It's, it's the J word, right? It's jihad. Yeah. Uh, I mean, in the first episode, we talked about how you know marriage uh, uh, protects half of your deen, protects. Uh, so when we push somebody like Ali to get married, it's not because we want to be annoying about no, it, but absolutely. because we all agree that it's inshallah. in everybody's best interest, inshallah, timing uh, is... Jihad al-Nafs is the, the greatest of jihad. Yes, it is. By episode the jihad five or six, uh, we can... We'll talk about jihad al-Nafs. No, we can do the no, nikah. No, no, yeah. oh, <laughs> the ring, the ring is on the Inshallah, that's bad luck. Um, okay, so let's talk about now proposals. Uh, obviously, there's a lot of intersection between culture and Islam when it comes to proposing. But when you want to make the decision, when you want to approach... So a few things that are like kind of like ambiguous. Um, so I, I think like a Western culture, when you think about proposing, you can already imagine a guy on his knees somewhere in mm. public. There's roses everywhere. He's popping the question. But in Islam, is is it always the the man that has to make the approach? The proposal has to start from the man, or can it go both ways? Well, after we found the right person, uh, and our guidelines to be again just reminding myself and the audience being religiosity and deen and morality, akhlaq, uh, not necessarily, Allah bless all of your deceased, uh, my uncle passed away 2016. Uh, he had four, da- four daughters and one son, two sons. For all of his four daughters, because they're in Middle Eastern country, very religious, naqabi, they typically don't leave the house and they're always with their mother in the house. He was the one who found uh, spouse for all four his daughters, so he will go and find his, his brother within the community that he was. He was a, also a scholar uh, within the Husseiniyah that he was or the Masjid. Okay, this brother is good. Well, he would tell someone to tell someone to tell him. Okay, Sheikh has a daughter. If you like, come and then you can see. And then if you both are uh, happy with one another, of course she has to uh, be okay with it. Kind of arrange, but again, having both sides agreeing to it. And then, alhamdulillah, four, mashallah, right now, he passed away six, in 2016. <laughs> All his four daughters are married happily, alhamdulillah. They have their own children. Shama. So not necessarily we have a taboo. And I think right now, the older they get, I've seen it a lot, the older the girls get, 27, 28, they don't care about any of these cultures and taboos anymore. They just go and please, Sheikh, find us someone and just let's find someone. I'll go and ask their hands. And I have some, I had a girl, He said, she said, I will provide. I'll provide a house. She's 31. I'll provide a house. I'll provide a car. Let him just... <laughs> no, why so just be there. Why, why are you... Find, how, I, will, I mean... Jeff, I where, where are you finding these people? <laughs> I can't help but think that this might be also a reflection that maybe the, the, the pool of the men 
they're not very strong candidates. Because I mean, uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I'm not the most religious person out there. I'm not the the best husband out there. Um, could it also be that maybe we're not raising good enough strong Islamic religious men? Of that course. Are, I mean, men and women both. We're not. I mean, unfortunately, the way it's supposed to be, with all the responsibility, religiosity, and who's responsible for life, who should do what, and the tasks within the life, we're not. We are really mix and matching everything with everything. Well, I'm glad we're doing this podcast because that's probably one of the reasons, one of the main focuses is how to... That and like like looking in, uh, in the right places, you know? Like if you're not looking in the right place, then, you know... I mean, like we talked about sometimes, yeah. especially here, it's hard to look in the right place. I think the most organic way would be having someone that has a really good intention that knows you very well I know someone else. So see, somebody argued with me in Islamic centers uh, that, you know, some Islamic centers, you have the sisters completely in different halls than the brothers. So they are two different halls. They were arguing that these people will never be able to meet one another. Then you have some of the centers that they have like this big partition in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then you have some of the centers who have no partition. Brothers sitting on this side, sisters sitting on this side. This brother was arguing, like, why can't we never have a partition and always brothers and sisters should be in one place where they can see one another and they can talk with one another and this place to be an area where they it's can safe find... Safe space. Safe yeah. space. Well, the problem is that we have in a whole package. If all the sisters would have come to the center with complete proper hijab, 100% proper hijab, hijab that is described by Islam, not the cultural hijab. If they would have come there, and if all the brothers had the right mindset, not doubting, I'm not questioning anybody's intention, but the idealist, then under the supervision of the leaders of the community and some of the elders, that would be good. But if you have sisters who are coming who are not wearing proper hijab, and brothers who have wrong intention, so you, parents are bringing their kids to a place that they can feel safe, here they're not going to safe, feel safe here anymore. Yeah, but wouldn't that also like contribute to the problem if we're saying you can only come if you tick this box? Mm. So what if I am? Uh, what if I feel like I am? Uh, I can't speak as a lady, but let's just say I am a devout lady. Yeah, my hijab is not perfect. Should that really limit me for an opportunity to get married? No, it should not. But see, if you come to the centers, I mean, uh, to Islamic center, I mean, brothers coming here. And everybody's coming here, try to find some kind of spirituality, some kind of connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're not here typically to just mingle. No, they're, they are they Or maybe they're looking for a spouse. Maybe they're, they don't have I mean, that. It shouldn't be a wrong thing to come here looking for a spouse, right? It should not be, right. but how many people will look for a spouse and how many will have, like, they will start committing sin. So a center, rather than being a place for people to come, finding in a halal way, some people, they have a bad intention. It means for haram. means for haram. So the organizers on the centers, I can see how they try to... Some centers just completely, no, two different halls. Some, again, in our center, we try to put like half a wall. It's a big responsibility. It's big, so you have to think about all the people that are coming there and to cater to all, not only one need over others. I'm sorry, did we answer the question about the proposing? Can, uh, in the Islamic tradition, is it is it the man's job to propose? or Typically it is, but it's not required. It's, that's mm, cultural. Like, it's yeah, culture. Like, did Rasulullah propose? No, Lady Khadija told her uncle to go and propose. So, okay, so, so, so she proposed. She proposed in a way, yeah. So she used the man as a wasila to make the proposal out of nothing wrong with it. Respect, nothing wrong. But like in in today's culture, you would say typically like women would want a man to propose, right? It's the natural way. Animal kingdom is the same. 
I mean, land okay. that's making the... It's not haram, right. but typically this is the way it's been done. Right. And I do, and what and, do you guys what do you guys think is better? Do you guys think there are any pros and cons to a woman? I I think if it depends who they, who they approach. If they approach the boy by by themselves, it can it can have a negative connotation. It's like I'm desperate. Please, can you just get me married? Or for example, again, get someone else involved, like a religious leader, a little bit some older person. That okay, this girl sees this boy is good for me. I can see he's a good potential spouse for me. Okay. Let me find other religious leader or my, some of my friends or let me find another means. I think it's more kind of the etiquette for it. Perfect word. Yeah. Per- uh, and then when, once we arrive there, do we need... Uh, go ahead. Uh, go, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I was just going to ask. Uh, so now we've we've approached or we're going to approach. What about uh, parent approval? Where does that fall under the religious obligation if there is any is there a religious obligation for parent approval on both sides as far as the boy he doesn't need the parents approval by that are not promoting that they should go of course and completely reject their parents approval and just being completely uh disrespectful no uh if they find the right spouse they tr- they should try to convince the parents and to have their blessings in it but their approval for the boy is not needed uh, religiously for the girl if she is not on her own feet they're not the rashida meaning rashida is the one who if she's not making her own decisions uh, but typically right now around age 18 19 girls make their own decisions Perfect. meaning they leave the house they come back they probably they're working or they travel and they call so they make their own decisions basically she wouldn't need they can decide for themselves yes yeah. so they don't need approval but if they are lower that age, so it's not it's not at any specific age to it. Like dependence almost if you're really dependent kind of. on your family? Yes. So if the father is completely providing and all the decisions made by the father, uh, well, some maraja, they say they don't, it's not needed either. For the for the girl? Yes. Yeah, some maraja do say, but they are rare. But the majority, they say that maraja, they say that. The reason why I ask that is because sometimes, and I think we may have discussed this in one of the previous episodes, sometimes you'll have two individuals that are mature and and that they find the right uh, things they want in each other but then like the parents might come in and say well he's from this part of the world that's really common or he's shia or he's sunnah or he's um i don't know i just don't like the guy so see right now i mean we have to bring wisdom in the middle rather than say, okay i'm gonna go get married with this girl or with this boy and i don't care about you of course that's not an approach that we are promoting no, try to find uncle, a cousin, a relative, a friend, or religious leader to intervene. Try to talk to the parents, try to convince them, try to see other sides. So have some people in your life to basically facilitate and reconcile the issues that uh, this will bring. That's again that matchmaker role we talked about. As far as Sunni Shia, since you brought a Sunni, I have a lot of boys and a lot of girls who do approach me and... Uh, they say, well, we have this brother who's a Sunni, ask, ask my hand, or I know this girl who's Sunni, I want to ask their hand. Religiously, we're allowed. There's nothing wrong. Muslimin, we can do that. I, I personally, I put a condition. I tell them one condition, uh, I think it's okay. But again, this is me saying it. It has nothing to do like religiously based uh, theory behind it. I say if they are open-minded, tell them, let's take a six-month and go find the truth. Now, I told them, okay, 
if you ask someone's hand, which is Sunni, or somebody came and he is Sunni. Let's say we're going to go to six, seven different Sunni mosques, and we ask what is haq from the imam. Ask them. And go to six different Shia mosques and ask what is the I love that. If they are open-minded, they because you need that open-minded, as you mentioned also earlier. If they're open-minded, I have so much confidence in the path of Ahlul Bayt and Tashayyu and the teachings of Ahlul Bayt If they're open-minded, they will accept haq and truth. They will not have that uh, hate toward, no, Shias are like this. Because they might say, well, no, I do have cases. They say, no, everybody can practice whatever they practice. You can be Shia, I can be Sunni or vice versa. I tell them this is happening right now. As soon as one month, two months, three months happens, problems start rising. You're going to say, oh, no. When you start having kids, oh, he wants to do it Shia way. He wants to do a Sunni way, back and forth. So if they are open-minded... Because you're going to have a lot of differences. Absolutely. You want to have open minds so that we can go over these with open minds. If they have, they're stubborn that, okay, I'm the truth, with me is the truth, and no one else, everybody else false, well, you won't be able to live with this person. So it's not about that much of the aqidah that has a problem rather than personality. Yeah, and thinking and... Uh, but they're close-minded. Yeah, facts. What if they're constricted though? Like what if the, like the Sunni partner in this instance, like due to their family, you know, putting that pressure and stuff like that, like they want to be open-minded, but they can't. Like, you know, some people have that fear of like, oh, if I, you know, very, if I'm very open to this or close with this, my family will like not really accept me, you know. Well, this will have effect down the line every day. So, because see right now, uh, not for not only Sunni and Shia, I had the case that uh, the girl was very religious and the boy was very religious. But the girl's family and sisters and everyone anti-religion. Like not religious at all, not only that, anti-religion. I told the boy, well, when I have children, then you are going to have, they're going to grow up and they're going to see their cousins, their cousins, aunts, and lifestyle. so on and so forth. So all of this will have an effect. So family matters. Family matters. So yeah. if their family really does, family is like the grandma, right? Grandpa, okay, when we go there, are we going to, Imam Ali, are we going to say or not? And it's going to start raising issues. Mm. So you want to, there are all going to be always issues and problems. So you want to eliminate as much as possible. Sah, 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 sah. Yeah. Um, we're making good on time. Now we talk about um, ceremonies. Maybe uh, the best place to place it to start would be maybe dowry and then maybe nikah. Where should yeah. we start? Well, the problem. We got a lot of questions there. I know. We should start with uh, <laughs> Sheikh's reels. <laughs> The problem, do we have that sound like the that? 50K, <laughs> two kilo gold. Oh, uh, the, the, the dowry yeah, reel. Yeah. The yep. problem is that we are unfortunately more cultural than religious. We are letting culture to play the most important role in our life. Absolutely. Because we have some, because we think, and this is the reality, we are accountable to culture. Why? Because of our people. Because there are people around of us. Our parents. Our, our parents, relatives, they are completely culture-based. So if I were to do something religious, which is anti-culture, everybody says, oh, what you're doing, complete the opposite. In our family, they didn't go through. A boy came to me and he said, "For me, in order for me to go and ask her hand, not even to do nikah and aq, I had to take a tray full of cash. I was just going to say, I need a bag full of 100K. <laughs> and then literally... No, he said that, like that was cash. the culture. No, that's the, yeah, that's I, the, did, I told him how much cash. He said, don't ask, Shea. Honestly, it's heartbreaking. But how can you... like? 
first of all, what is the size of this tray? How much cash should, should be on this? Should it be dollars, fifties, twenties? Big bills. Big bills. I'm just gonna put fifty on top. And he said, he said, I did it. He said, I did it, and it. I went and I paid this, and I was like, this doesn't even feel right. It doesn't not make me feel good inside right now. But I mean, don't you think it could play like, like there's some truth to it too, like. They, they pertain to culture because, like, I guess they have, like, that love for their culture. And I'm not saying culture should go over religion. But, like, for instance, like, if culture is, like, a deal breaker in some instances or the obeying of culture is, like, a deal breaker, parents typically say, like, oh, well, our culture does it like this be- because, like, for instance, this is just how we do it, right? See, what I say, every culture Like, has... Like, for instance, if I'm, sorry to cut okay. you off, but, like, I'm Afghan, right? My parents are going to want me to marry someone who's Afghan because they... They understand my culture. No, this and is, no, this is different. Okay. This is different completely. To do stuff culturally, mm. it's different than trying to go and marry within your own culture. Mm. Nothing wrong with it. Uh, I don't. I don't think Islam is with it or against it. I'm not sure. Don't. None of you should quote me on that. Uh, that is it okay if I go out of my culture, like Afghani with Irani or Afghani with Pakistani or Afghani with it. Iraqi. Imams did it. I mean, some people bring that out. And then people say that, oh, you're not the imam. And but the everything imam, they do is an example for us. Yeah, so, because Rasulullah and the deen said, anybody who religion and morality. So mm-hmm, that becomes mm-hmm. the base. Mm-hmm. And But having someone within the same cultural, I can understand they do have a point which is not anti-religion. Oh. I can understand it. The it's commonalities easier. are yeah, much yeah, more. Sure. The language. The, the language. language. Sometimes maybe the parents Tradition, don't etiquette, English. Yeah. So I can understand it. Again, it's not, I don't, if it's really, really... And what if they're compelled by that? Because, like, I know earlier you were mentioning, like, in this, like, for, like, my young generation, I feel like it's easier for us to basically not necessarily abandon culture, but prioritize it less than religion because, like, we've come here with this American upbringing or this Western upbringing where we're not in the country whose culture we're practicing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, me as an Afghan-American, I'm practicing Afghan culture, but, like, like I was born in America. Western culture, right? absolutely. So it's like my connection is not as deep as my parents'. I think it should not be a deal breaker. Out what? It shouldn't uh, be a deal breaker. Uh, to marry out of the culture. Huh, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, it should I, not. I don't I don't think Which it should. Unfortunately, be. it is. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, again, the matchmaker role. I'm going to keep plugging yeah, that away. I think yeah, it's a it, good it idea. It goes into, again, the, the conversation we're having about, like, the parents, their approval. True. Like, parents' approval, <clears> and <throat> I think you can agree with the sheikh, is like, it definitely plays a part when, or it's the it's at its best when it's in alignment with religion. True. The I feel like the time it becomes problematic where you need that external help and stuff like that is when they're going against it. Like for their approval, like if they don't want you to get married, like their heart set on don't get married young. That's when you maybe want to look for that help outside like that religious leader or someone to maybe talk to your parents, maybe try to convince them. I have a suggestion for all the youth that will be listening to our podcast. Whatever idea that you want to introduce to your family, which is kind of anti-culture, Play a diplomatic role with it. Slowly, slowly introduce it. Like throw something in the conversation. So I should come home with like, I don't know, some falafel and <laughs> <laughs> some. I already know what region you're looking for. Gotcha. <laughs> so no, the conversation should begin. Like for example, I have a friend of mine mm. who is Afghani. He's trying to do mm. some uh, to marry an Iraqi, for example, mm. or Pakistan. What do you think this thing happened? Mm. Of course, something has happened. Maybe like you don't test know. the waters. Test the waters slowly, slowly. Next week or two, come talk about maybe 
bring some eye of Quran that we're all one nation stuff. Oh, hold on to the rope of Allah. <laughs> so slowly, slowly prepare them because I mean they've been brought up with that idea exactly. for 40, 50, give or take years. So right now we want him to completely change. It's not going to be easy changing that. That, that and also uh, a trend, at least when I've talked about it with my parents, is that um, I feel like for them it's there's a fear that they feel like if you marry outside your culture, the risk of divorce is increased. Yeah. Because they if think you marry outside, yeah, yeah, outside the culture. Decreased? Increased. No, increased. 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 Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. So they have that fear, right? See, but then it, a lot of the examples, sorry, a lot of the examples they bring me is like when I'm looking at these people and I'm like, if they implemented Islam Religion. the way yeah. exactly Bates wanted yes. it to be implemented True. within this marriage, True. this wouldn't necessarily be the case. Of course. I have to give him Imam for that. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Sheikh. So you said the beginning, Sheikh. So I think it's getting close. Ah, subhanAllah, we're manifesting it. <laughs> no, because it definitely plays a part. 100%. Just coming back to the topic of, of dowry. Right. Uh, I feel like as soon as I, we brought it up, tangent, we, all, yeah. we almost assumed what was going to be discussed with dowry, but I think it needs to be discussed. Um, so dowry, according to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, many narrations that we have from the lives of Ahl Bayt alayhi wa sallam, that one of the famous hadith, that also the one that I made the reels, Rasulullah said, خَيْرُ nisa ummati." The best of the women of my ummah are those who have the lowest dowry. Uh, and uh, we see many other hadith from other Ahl Bayt alayhi wa sallam. What's the purpose of the dowry? Uh, uh, Dowry, if we see it as a money exchange for something that I'm buying, that's not what Islam means. Of course. Islam means, well, right now you're coming and you're taking, you of course, you are bringing a gift. Hmm. So if we see as dowry to be gift giving and gift receiving, there is no more negotiation. Hmm. The person giving should be generous to the best of his ability. Mm -hmm. And the person receiving it should be appreciating it no matter what it is. I sent him the gift. That, that That's a big difference maker right there. Something I think that plays a role in it, though, is that, like, back, back in the day, dowry definitely had to, had a role to play when it came. Like, for instance, if you became a widow, if your husband died, that money that was allotted to you, I mean, it could serve as a form of financial support, right? Um, do you think that in today's instance, what about women who aren't looking to join the workforce, right? But they see dowry as that plan B. Like I mentioned before, the, the the occupation for a woman is considered their plan B if something happens with the marriage, right? For some financial support, for some, for some. not not for all, right? Uh, but what if there are women but like? Sorry, so if it's for some, should we come and generalize this for everyone? No, 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 it shouldn't be. So if it's a case by case, and the minority is like that, we cannot take the rule of this minority and apply it to the majority of the cases. So, but it's just what I was, what I was trying to get to was that. Mm -hmm. It's like, what What if she does see the dowry like that? Like she sees it as a means of financial support. A lot support. of money yeah. uh, to, to so, sustain an income. That'll be So how much that dowry should be? <laughs> like right now, for example, if it goes to divorce. First of all, in mean, dowry, as far as dowry is concerned, as soon as the aqd is done, the dowry, she can ask for it. Mm. As soon as they've done the So aqd, dowry comes after nikah. After the nikah is done. Uh, if, is she responsible for her duty or his or her duties until that is given or no? No, right now, she right now, she can ask for it. Okay. If there is a sexual relationship right after, then he has to pay full amount. What's full amount? For example, if oh, was, what they agreed on. What they agreed on. For yeah. example, $1,000. Yeah. So if there was a sexual relationship complete, then he has to give 1000 But if after, for example, they did nikah and then he left, for example, for whatever reason. 
And then after one week, they had no relationship at all. And something happened that they had to divorce. He must pay half of it. Not complete okay, thousand dollar. Good, because if he takes the four thousand back, I was gonna say that seems like an exchange of services. Yes. Yeah. Alhamdulillah, so no. that, it's, not so that it's case. half of that. So see, if we go with that mindset that this is a backbone of mine, if I get divorced, in that case, I have not chosen the right person from the beginning. Excellent. Yep. If I find someone whose religiosity and whose morality is as I can see good, I did my research, there's something that I wish we would have talked about earlier, how to get to know this person. Like we have to do some research about his friends, her friends. I went to a state. Somebody asked me, okay, he, we sat in the gathering. He started asking me religious questions. And the religious questions was very good religious questions. Like, I mean, deep ones. And then he told me, Sheikh, I want to get married. It was about 32-ish. Dentist, alhamdulillah, okay. I saw him, he looked religious, he talked religious, he walked religious. I, I mean, thought he's religious. meeting a lot of these medical professionals that need to get married. Don't let me start. It's, uh, it takes a lot of hours. Be a medical <laughs> professional. So I came home from that state. I called a, a brother. I told him, okay, I he has a 25-year-old nurse and this is the case. He said, okay, that's good. He got happy when he found out this is a dentist, unfortunately, uh, and he makes good money, basically. That's typically you, the fathers look when the son comes, if a boy comes and asks the hand of the daughter, makes good money, good living. So inshallah, their so girl the has, to on, has to be on the same level. No, the, my girl will be my girl taking care. Taking care. Yeah. Then two or three days later, he sent me pictures of his Facebook with girls. Oh, he's out. And I was like, I was through the Facebook. I mean, I'm being so. Well, you didn't naive. do any due diligence in the beginning. Yeah, that was a very big lesson for me. Me, me, naive. Just trust people. I mean, I don't double think people when I see. I don't try to dig in to find out their intention. So, going through their social media, uh, see who they befriend, what they do. So these are the stuff that we have to keep in mind when ask we are around trying the community, as around the community, as around the sheikhs, and so on and so forth. The religious leader. So when we come back, if I find that right person who matches everything I submit to the command of Allah I did my due diligence Allah you make it work mm. rather than my, by me asking money which is against the teachings of Rasulullah because I I see Allah you I don't think you can make things work mm. but money can make things work mm. so I trust money more than Allah subhanahu it becomes about more money than gift of course about some, some people I've heard mentioned bring up the argument of like death if their spouse passes away but like because I don't know this, are are women entitled to inheritance from their from yeah, their husbands? Of course, okay, of course yeah, so. they do. Is there a process for calculating? I mean, this question after you've you 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 framed it as dowry being a gift, um, it seems like that gift answer answers this question. But is if I am looking to um, you know offer a dowry, I don't want to give something too high. I don't want to give something too low. They didn't give me a number. Is there a process for calculating? No, I think it's case by case. It's Again, I should give as much as I can. To my best of ability, me being generous, and also, see, it's not only about me. Okay, I'm a millionaire. I can give $500,000, for example, dowry. But I have to see as a whole community what standard I am placing. Mm. The, per, the per person that I'm marrying. Are, so, so just because you can doesn't mean you should. Yeah, of course not. So again, I can, then there's someone else who doesn't make the end meet. And he can only, for example, be $10,000 dowry, for example. And the, the girl will say, well, see, 
my cousin she got five hundred thousand. Then me, I got ten thousand. Mm-hmm. Man, no, that happened. This is not a lucky marriage happening. Then, so, but I think like a person who has that kind of expectation, like this isn't a good person in general. Right? So, so from Com- uh, comparing yourself of course, to as a woman, the to whole someone, package. Okay. So, yeah. the more we asking again, I'm giving you. You you are submitting to this, and he's submitting to this marriage together. That you have to work it together. So we should not see it as okay. Unfortunately, we have some cultures. They sit and negotiate. Yeah, yeah, no, a hundred percent. I've seen. I, I've been to some nikah. I said the diary. The father of the girl says something, and then the father boy said, "No, how about you ask Sometimes something?" Sometimes in to... front of the guests. I know. I've, I've seen that happen. <laughs> there are even a like wedding, like <laughs> cultural practices that like you know involve money and like that extravagant aspect of like you know expenditure and all that kind of stuff. That's a yes. perfect honor, my daughter. Perfect <laughs> segue to our to the last portion of our discussion. Before we get that, we we, we didn't uh, discuss nikah itself, but just for the purposes of, of being technical, eh, I mean, let's call nikah as a, like the Islamic engagement. Islamic form of engagement. Nikah or aqd is that's when that ceremony is read. And you sign a piece of paper that says, I'm it, I'm giving my daughter away. It doesn't away. have to be a signature, It doesn't right? have You don't have to this. sign anything. No. It's verbal. Verbal. I okay. mean, you have the, if she is not Rashida, not, still she's dependent on her father. Uh, she accepts, she, I mean, she takes her father's permission and then they can do the nikah themselves. But typically, don't need, they don't need oh, someone to okay, recite either yeah, sheikh. Okay, okay. Oh. Let's okay. do, please, and why I'd like to come. <laughs> so they don't need a sheikh. I mean, anybody who can uh, pronounce good Arabic, and it's very small sentences. It's nothing uh, the girl initiated or the boy initiates, or one of the fathers can initiate. So it can be done on the phone too, right? It can be done over the phone. It can be over Zoom. I had the one wedding done. The girl was in... Uh, South Korea and the boy was in Florida so on Zoom I did their nikah and that's it did you ever do like a COVID nikah over Zoom that was I did three COVID nikah on Zoom when I was in Najaf yes usually recommend like a specific time period for the timeline of nikah culturally because culturally you see sometimes two, three, four, five years I've heard I've known nine years between between the nikah and the, and the, and the, and the wedding, wedding ceremony. Oh, uh, yeah, so like it, it varies. I mean, so after I, I think I know what your answer is going to be, but stretch. I'll give you the floor. I think after the nikah has done, it will be What's good this? between three to maximum six months. What's that gap supposed to be? Is that like a getting to know each other? A little period? bit more. I think more than six months is going to be you stretching it. You see, they're not living together. Right. The issues that will come, I just had a case right now. I was two days ago. Her father said, the nikah has done. And then she messages and then he replies maybe two days later. Oh, he doesn't like me anymore. Uh, maybe something is happening. So it's the doubt. Not, so right. that uncertainty will still uh, be there. Three months again for, for example, he's about to finish something or she's about to finish something. Or for them to, it's this three to six months for them to find a place, find a means for getting the reception done, get a house, buy furniture. Mm. So this six months should be preparation. So ultimately preparing yourself just for like the wedding, just being wed from that point on. And yeah. also for parents to be slowly, slowly like mm. seeing their girl go. That's thing, that's, uh, that's really nice. That, that boy that's go. Nice. And then that's for very them to like, okay, nikah together. No, right now, a little bit, they go out, they come back in here, slowly, slowly transition. for transition. Has it always been this way? Or, or like, has it always been nikah time period and then official marriage? Culturally, back, back yes. Back home, was it like that? I don't Culturally, know. it is. I think, What's yeah, back home? I, I mean, like, for my, for my parents, it, it was like that. There was, there was a gap. 
but yeah but i'm just i just wanted to know is like has it always been like that like back in like during the prophet's time was it just wasn't it just like nikah and then nikah and walima like when we know walima the zahra is nikah and walima that you feed people which is mustahab is good not necessarily wajib but again three to six months is relative again some stuff maybe he's doing he's trying to find a job he just found a job well what if it takes longer though like what if This is ideal. ideal. Maybe seven months, eight months, two months, four months. So within this gap, it shouldn't be long. What if it was one year, two year? Because what, what if... I mean, the longer, what, I think the yeah. longer, the more chances of something uh, arising. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Because exactly. we've already talked about sure. intentions. We've talked about like the philosophy. Talked about doing it the right way, looking for the right things, preparing And the right way. I think this guy also will How be much a more test. time do you need? I think this will be also a test. Or within this pilot episode. Yeah. So they will be more together right now. Right, they are right, right, together right, right. because we don't have friendship before nikah. Like we have to get to know one another before nikah because that every time that they get together, uh, that haram can be in the middle. Shaitan is the third man. Shaitan is the third man or woman maybe. So Why has, shaitan has to be a man. Why can't it be a shaitan woman? It could be a woman. Yes, okay. Fire is genderless. <laughs> uh, uh, you, you mentioned Walima. Trying to get me canceled. And that, that pivots me like from a, from a Islamic philosophy from what I understood is like the wedding, a.k.a. Walima, uh, is supposed to be like a celebration of doing something so important in the eyes of Allah. But doing that here in the West, a lot of other things come up. Yes. And I think we've talked about before how like, you know, you, you attend a, a wedding here and like starts off all religious and then it ends off in the opposite spectrum. So, True. um, There's a, a lot of big challenges with, with, with wedding ceremonies, especially in the West. I mean, from the costs associated, I think average is like 30K in the U.S. for a wedding. No. Is it 30? I don't think it's 30. I did an average. 30, like, 30, 30K, average what I saw is like median is 30. It starts at 30. Within the United States. Yeah, just U.S. Not, American, not, not, yeah. not no, no, Muslims. No, weddings, in, not, not Muslim weddings in the in the West. This is just average wedding in America. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. For sure. But like you got some, some people have like their church weddings, you know. Yeah. And that contradicts the whole point. Culture. I know. So somebody has to make that culture. So this is something that I hope all of our youth start making that culture. So by Which itself, is, by itself, number one, it must be separation between men and women. It the wedding. must be. There is no question. There's no way we can, even if the men sitting on one side, women, because none of the women going to come with proper hijab. They want to dress, dress tie. They want to wear makeups and all of this. So they are completely haram for the opposite gender to see them. Um, Ali and Sayyid Fatma's wedding was segregated or weren't there Wali. was it everybody there together it was like a zaffa no they came the women were there they came obviously everybody's observing everybody proper hijab proper etiquette proper hijab But we proper don't behavior in here I mean everybody's together men and women same table then the floor dance and then the music comes and, and the music. dancing comes so if we want to think Islamically first it has to be men and women completely separate Men different hall, women different. What, what if they're? What if like people are sitting on a family basis? Family basis still non non mahram. Yeah, my yeah. cousin to me is my non mahram. I had a wedding. Immediate, immediate family. If like, all mahram sitting together, but again, you are all mahram sitting together right now. Mm. The other table, they're not mahram. Yeah, my my, my wedding was completely immediate family, mm. and we did it completely segregated because. How else are you going to do a ceremony in the West? How else? Yes. How, how else are you going to have a halal wedding? And and for me, as the groom, and for my wife as well, we felt this huge responsibility. Like, we don't want this wedding to be like a, a hall of haram. 
because mm. it's inevitable. Same thing when you put these recipes together. Of course, haram is gonna happen. People, people want to come look good, and that's the know. first night that you start in your life with haram. It's the foundation. Like what's the so saying? What's the saying in Persian? Uh, a brick. You break it if you build. Uh, You're trying to say it in English. <laughs> Translation, please. me the first brick. If you put it crooked, yeah, the wall will go to the heaven crooked. Mm-hmm. So because the first one was crooked, get the first step right. So and it shouldn't be like if we said simplicity, it Sah. makes it easy for everyone else. Sah. We did it in my parents' house, the basement. Mm. No, no decoration. Mm. Were there, I invited some of my friends, maybe 25, 30 people, all men. They came to my dad's house. I wore a suit and tie back in the days, probably 150 years ago. I'm just kidding. Uh, 2023 was my uh, wedding. December. 2023? Sorry, 20. I was about to say, I was like, no way. 2003. December 23. 2003. Oh, mashallah, 20 years, maybe. So, thank you. And then there were, the women were in somebody else's house, all women there. Mm-hmm. So when I got there, my father came and her father came. All the women wore hijab. When we Before there, they were all without hijab and clapping. Having a good time. Having a good time, yeah. looking nice. For yeah. them. So why not? This is, yeah. Let them enjoy it. Yeah. When I came by the door, we stopped. Everybody, ya Allah, ya Allah, ya Allah. Same. Everybody wore abaya, everybody. Then I entered, my father entered. My mom is wearing abaya. Everybody's wearing abaya. All the women mm-hmm. quiet. Or was it like just traditional black ones, or was it just like stylish? No, no, abaya, black one, oh, complete, straight black. Uh, that's the that's like the way. Or some like even covering their face. Black, black just on holding. black on black. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Black. Holding like this, so the, only the eyes is out. Oh, okay. Because everything. I mean, the makeup, the yeah. opposite gender. I was, I was assuming, yeah. So then my father stood next to me, and then her father stood next to her, and then they put our hands together. Then I had the Nissan Altima. Well, we got into it. I just made it in. You know, <laughs> we got out and then we left. We went to our house. That's it. There you go. The whole thing didn't cost me $5,000. And you know what you did or what you didn't do? You didn't put pressure on the next person in that room getting married to have a lavish wedding. Yeah, that, that, but that anxiety definitely exists. It's I think through the roof for me. Guys don't want to get married yeah, because of this. For me, reason. I feel like that's one of the reasons. Like, I'm just thinking about it. I'm like, man, like an abject culture. I'm going to bring that money. Like, not only bringing the money, but like... Probably if you sell the two food, kidneys. The decoration, yeah, the makeup, kidneys. the dress, the and rings. Just the planning of all of it and like the unnecessary headache of it being all extravagantly lavish. Like, don't get me wrong. You should enjoy your wedding. It should be nice. No one's saying not to have a nice wedding. But with like the expectations gradually, 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 nonstop, not stopping. There's no end to it. Yeah. It's like guys, like, like you said, they just don't want to get married because they're like, bro... I have to go through all this. I can't even sit down and enjoy my wedding. I have to think about like, oh, is my wife enjoying it? Oh well, my I God, broke this the bank yeah, just to get in the yeah, door. This didn't, this didn't go the right way where I wanted it, or this isn't up to her expectation, or this isn't up to her family's expectation, or this isn't up to my family's expectation. Yeah. Like, it's taking the fun out the wedding. And we, yeah. alhamdulillah, we had three weddings in our center. Uh, here. And here, upstairs, yeah. yes. Uh, where people came, they put up, we tell them no music. Did you charge them? Venue? Venue? The, can you believe it or not? dollar for a hall. One thousand dollars. Well, uh, humble. That's very. I mean, I mean, in, in our area, I mean, you'll pay they maybe fifty dollars catering. That's like a quarter of the hundred dollars yeah. per person. Catering is yeah. around twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. So That's they put. Oh, what are you eating, bro? I need it. Oh, I need yeah. to figure out what he's eating. No, you you've been married for a long time ago. So uh, maybe I forgot the zeros. <laughs> <laughs> they put a divide in the middle. Yeah. Sisters on one side, brothers on one side. They brought a poet, start poetry, read poetry about Ahlul Bayt, clapping happened. Sunnah, yeah. And then the uh, the bride was sitting on the woman's side. 
And then brothers were all sitting together, no music, clapping, fun. They gave food. The bride, the groom went on the other side. Ya Allah, ya Allah, everybody wore hijab. And then they cut the cake. And then khalas, they left. Mm. What else I mean? Try asking the average person not to have music at their wedding. I know. I mean, I it's know. so uh, such a black and white issue. Um, and they say, Sheikh, it's only one night. Yeah. I well, remember. I mean, haram is still haram. One minute is yeah. haram. When I was reading about the, the zaffa of Sayyidah Zahra to, to, I think, the house of Imam Ali, uh, uh, Rasul Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa he instructed the woman to like do this orchestra of chanting Allah's names in a beautiful way. Yes. And then he told them, but do not say anything, say these things, but do not say anything that will make Allah displeased. True. Is, does it get more black and white there? I mean, I mean, even if you're having a segregated wedding yeah. um, and you have like a bunch of dudes dancing to like hip hop music. It's haram. Does it make, it doesn't even make sense. It's haram. Men's majority, 99% of maraja, if not 100%, they say dance of men for men, women for women. It's completely haram. The only dance that is permissible, wife for husband, husband for wife. That's it. Question. No question. <laughs> uh, what are they dancing to in that instance? Just, just something I wanted to know. That's a really good question. That. Is yeah. because so also the music today to? is yeah. even haram to listen to, so you can't sure. even dance to it. So what are they dancing? Well, are they just like? <laughs> no, Alhamdulillah. Recently, we do have a lot of these poetries that are made that they don't have any musical instrument in it. Mm. There are vocals and mm. clapping, and it's about Ahlul Bayt salam. Play that. Mm. There's a lot of them, Alhamdulillah. Recently, in this past twenty years. We do have good amount of poetries about Ahl Bayt Rasulullah that doesn't have musical instrument. But again, it's vocals, ups and downs, has rhythm, it has clapping into it. Play those. And uh, that's a perfect segue to dance our way out of this episode. Uh, but uh, before we do that, I just want to share a story that I heard about. You guys might have heard about it. It was like a few years ago, this Turkish couple was getting married in Turkey. Yes. You heard about it? Yeah. Tell the, uh, do you want to tell, no, no, go ahead, go ahead. tell the story? Um, they were they were raising money for their wedding, and they had learned that there were there's an influx of Syrian refugees mm. in Turkey. They decided to take all that money that they had received and had raised, and they said, "Okay, how about we feed these refugees?" Marshall. They did. They sp- I, I don't I don't and remember how much their, money they spent. They went with their yeah. Dress she went and... with her wedding dress. Yes. He went with his suit, and they. I don't remember the number of people. Yeah, they, they fed Should thousands of people of with wow. the money that would have fed only 200 of your guests. No, they fed thousands. thousands of refugees. And I couldn't think of a more perfect example of what a wedding should be. Sure. A wedding is ibadah. Yes. And, and inshallah for them, that they're still healthy, inshallah. happy, inshallah. many kids. Inshallah. 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 For you and I both in the future. I, mean, I feel like we definitely inshallah. need like more of that, those kind of like... Um, I guess in Farsi we say like rawaj, but like like rituals and like culture, yeah, those trends. So see, it, it 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 takes one couple at a time to make a trend. One, two, three, four. Slowly, slowly becomes a trend. Because sadly, so, the trends now are just so yeah, bad, it's yeah. ridiculous. Like I feel like as an Afghan, for me, like just one of the things that I don't like that take place typically in the non-Islamic Afghan weddings is like, and. I'm not going to sit here and say I haven't done it before. When I was young, not knowing what I know now, uh, I've done it. But now that I think about it, like what they do sometimes in some instances, they throw money. I, yeah. And they throw money on the bride and the groom. And I know in some other cultures, they may do this. They may like, you know. It's all in different yeah. ways. And it's, while they're dancing. And like that, that's something to me that's, that just like, I was just sitting one time and I was just looking at it. And I was like, wow, we are so, so yeah. privileged. Ultimate irony yeah, of it's, being it's, Muslim. It's so like... Like we like we call ourselves Muslims, but at the end of the day, like there are people out there who don't have the money to eat. 
yes. to sleep in, in, a, in a warm home yeah. that don't have money to put clothes on their backs. Or eat warm food. And um, we're just here... We just here. We only care about our own enjoyment. Yes. We care about. Oh, this is my moment. I want to live it and to the fullest. You said moment. It's beautiful. A reels. Uh, I I don't know if I made it or I'm going to make. Imam said, "How small? How many times we have small enjoyment, which bring a very very long." Mm. I saw. I read that the other day. Yes. It was beautiful by Imam you, Ali. Yeah, you enjoy it for like one night, couple of hours. Financially, you're broke. You're under debt. You started your life with debt. Haram and it's musiqa and all of these things. You lose the blessings of Allah. May Allah uh, continue to strengthen our faith, inshallah, and bring beautiful unions in our community and beyond, inshallah. I believe our next episode will be be covering Q&A. We'll get questions from our audience, from our local brothers and sisters at at the community. And inshallah, we'll wrap that up as our final episode on marriage and then we'll move on to more interesting topics. So please uh, drop your comments below. Um, any questions you want the Sheikh to answer, inshallah, we'll address those next week. And until then, take care and thank you for tuning in to Tafakkur once more. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.